four decades. Four decades of hits. Tell me something good. It's like candy. I like the way you work, kids. No diggity. Don't want to be a player Four decades. And we're still breaking the hits. Pumping out the hits. We are Power 88. Your soul school station. Forty years and counting. KCEP eighty-eight point one FM, Las Vegas. Broadcasting in digital HD. Owned and operated by the Economic Opportunity Board of Clark County. We are Power eighty-eight. Your Soul School Station. In the interest of community service, Power eighty-eight presents live talk shows to inform, enlighten, and to stimulate thought and dialogue. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of KCEP or the EOB. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the program, or call in and participate at 647-3688. Welcome to Workforce Connection Strictly Business, business news and insights on local opportunities that will help you thrive. We hope you are having a wonderful holiday weekend, and we're glad you're here. We look forward to having you join us every second and fourth Monday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Power 88. And we're doing a special holiday edition today. I'm Juana Hart, and uh, we are here today with members of the Workforce Connections team, Heather Desart and Sylvia Spencer, and they are here to tell us about upcoming opportunities that can advance your business, and your career. Now, although many organizations are actively engaged with Workforce Connections funded partners, and especially if you've been with us on Monday mornings for this program, uh, those are partner agencies helping to develop Southern Nevada's economy and put more people back to work under the Workforce Investment Act. Some people, however, are still asking, what is Workforce Connections? What is the Workforce Investment Act? And how can I do business with Workforce Connections? Well, today we have these guests standing by in the studio to answer those questions. And we will also find out about a Workforce Connections event coming up later this month. It will give you vital information that can help you position yourself or your company for a possible partnership with the agency. And that's all coming up in our conversation today. But first, we want to make sure that we give you the opportunity to get involved with Strictly Business. Uh, the call-in number, 647-3688. If you want to email us between programs, WCStrictlyBiz. That's WCStrictlyBiz at NVWorkforceConnections.org. You'll find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at WCStrictlyBiz. And the website to visit between programs, NVWorkforceConnections.org. And with that, let's get right into our discussion on how to do business with Workforce Connections. Our guests joining us here in the studio this morning are Sylvia Spencer, who is the Research and Development Director for Workforce Connections, and Heather Desart, who is Deputy Director of Workforce Development Systems for Workforce Connections. And welcome to both of you. Good morning. Good morning, Juana. And, and I guess let's get started just really with the basics, Sylvia. What is the Workforce Investment Act? Um, first, let me just say good morning, Juana, Heather, and radio listeners, and happy President's Day to all of you. Um, the Workforce Investment Act of 1998 was actually signed on August 7th of the year, and it's the current regulation that gives direction regarding increasing the economy um, through labor market demands, in other words, linking business uh, needs with employers. And, and not just linking, because historically, I think... 
entities throughout the country have been working to link employers and employees. But when you say demand, that word is really key here. That's right. Um, Businesses need people to work to provide products and services that are of interest to other people that will generate income and move the economy. So that's the intent. The other thing that's important, we've had several legislations prior to Workforce Investment Act, or more commonly known as WIA, but this, uh, the WIA of 1998 was actually a consolidation of several workforce development um, acts all into one. And when, when, how do you determine the demand? Because you can train people for just about anything. What's different now about the way that WIA providers once approached uh, getting people to work? I think that right now, Wana, we are trying to take an approach that's based on sector initiatives. And that is that we... Uh, recognize that there are certain, like Sylvia said, demand occupations in our community or emerging markets in our community. And what we want to do is we want to make sure that the community itself, the job seekers, or even those who have jobs and want to keep them or be promoted and that sort of thing, have the skill sets that they need to be able to get those jobs and get the jobs that we know are available based on some some research and, and, and analysis that's taking place at the state level. Yeah, rather than training a miss and then get getting out and finding out that there is no job available Correct. for you. The worst thing you can do in our business is to train for the sake of training. We want jobs to be at the end of that and sustainable jobs. Now, Workforce Connections, many people in the community recognize the name, but who is Workforce Connections? Sylvia, you want to take that one? Okay. Well, Workforce Connections, our primary um, role when we refer to that is actually there is legislation. The act itself is regulatory and it's a legislation. And among the section, it describes that there should be coordination of events or activities towards this. And they in the state of Nevada we have two areas service delivery areas one in the north Nevada works and ours here in the south workforce connections and we are mandated in the legislation to have a board that is uh, includes the local elected officials and they are the, their primary role is to direct the policy around Um, The events and activities, as Heather stated, uh, looking at placing people into those demand occupations. So we we have the Workforce Investment Act. It calls for certain activities to take place. Then federal funds are allocated to make that work happen. Workforce Connections, then, is the board or the organization that makes sure those funds go to the proper places here in the community. Right, and uh, with the primary responsibility inclusive of that is oversight and monitoring to make sure that those partners we have in place that receive those funds are spending those or expending those funds appropriately based on the program design that has been established around those funds. And, and you call those funded partners, the organizations who receive those funds. What is our community receiving from funded partners as a result of WIA grants here in the community? Well, the, the funds come down, let me just say, from the Department of Labor through uh, our state office here, which is the Department of Employment Training and Rehabilitation, and then on to the two local boards, like Sylvia said, the two designated areas. So they come down, and the individuals, uh, individual agencies or organizations that apply for these funds then provide the services. So the money really flows through us to these funded partners, and they are uh, in, tasked with serving, depending on the funding stream that they receive, they're tasked with funding adults, uh, 
dislocated workers, which is essentially the same thing, but dislocated workers have some special eligibility criteria, uh, those people who've been laid off through no fault of their own and are receiving unemployment benefits. And then we have youth dollars as well. So we have those three populations being served with the, these funds. And then the business community benefits as well, because we can serve as an overall HR function for the community at large, helping to screen and train folks to get them into those positions that are available. So you can be an adult or a youth looking to become employed, or you could be an employee looking to move forward in your career, or you could be a business receiving services to get employees. Is there any cost at all to any of the groups of people we just named? None. So so you select your, your funded partners strategically to provide services free of charge to anyone who's listening out there. And if you're looking to grow your business or build your career, th- this is an excellent opportunity. How do you select the funded partners and, and what services do they then provide? Well, actually, um, the selection process is kind of tedious for us, for lack of better words, is that um, we look at the needs, and and Heather may address some uh, around the Brookings report and what it revealed to us recently. But actually, and for the Brookings report, that that was recently a report that came out and talked about the state of our business community and what is needed in order to help the economy grow. Exactly. And that's why we play we pay close attention to that Brookings report because it's actually based on empirical data that's realistic. Um, but back to your question, how they are selected, we prepare a request for proposal or more c- commonly known as the RFP. And that request for proposal will be published. And um, actually, it's a call for any partner that may have the services that will meet the statement of needs that's described in the request for proposal. And then once that comes in, the evaluation takes place. And based on getting more bang for your buck or looking at coupled with actually meeting the need that we can meet more needs, and uh, uh, we then make a recommendation to the board and the board approves. Who should be listening or looking out for the times when you put out a request for a proposal? In other words, when should I be concerned? What, what's my interest? Uh, what, what's important about my keeping abreast of what you're doing with regard to, to issuing requests for proposal? One of the things I would recommend if someone is interested, it needs to be an ongoing relationship. Um, it's easier to do business with people that you know actually can partner who have joint missions or missions. Um, They operate their business in a mission that's aligned with what our needs are. And so no one specific time of the year uh, would be better than the other. I think it should be ongoing and not only partnering with us directly, but partnering with our partners to help us meet those needs. Uh, Should every business be looking for requests for proposals from Workforce Connections, or is there a specific type of organization, maybe even nonprofits, that should be looking out? 
Yeah, I think what Sylvia said is exactly right. We, we look for nonprofits, uh, faith-based organizations, uh, community-based organizations, folks who have a, a common uh, mission in, t- in that they are out to serve the community and to better the lives of the, of the residents of Southern Nevada. So those are the types of, you know, and of course, for-profits can apply for the funds. It's not restricted from them. Uh, but we do look for, but generally it's the nonprofits, the faith-based, and the community-based organizations organizations that have the same mission, and that is to uh, create an environment or an opportunity to better their lives. And there are some organizations that might do that. For example, I'm I'm in the Heart Association, and I want you to take better care of your health, and so I serve that community. Are there organizations that have a specific, I guess, focus or mission that would align with your organization to best be in a position to receive funding? Yes, there are, and so, and some of our and most of our current part funded partners are exactly that. In fact, where we get run into difficulty is when um, a, an organization applies for these funds because they really want to grow their own cause. You know, they don't have their their mission isn't to put people to work, which is what these funds are, are for. And so, if they just think um, this is an opportunity to get some additional funding to you know grow their business or grow their their um, their cause that's not about workforce development, then that's when we 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 get into some difficulty. And it usually is reflected in a proposal that they'll submit. You can see that that's not their their main uh, function uh, to do what these funds are meant to do. And so they're just looking at that to just add to their little piece of pie and a mm. slice to their pie, as opposed to having it be their their emphasis and their key for for existing. Right, and there's nothing wrong with that, but but it, it's it's counterproductive to what the the funds are supposed to be used for. We have performance measures that we're accountable to the Department of Labor to uh, to fulfill, and those are uh, based around placement into unsubsidized employment, uh, retention of that employment for a certain amount of time, and average wage. And for our youth, it's attainment of a credential or placement into higher education or military service, uh, and then an increase in basic skills. So those are the things Things that the funds are, are supposed to be paid for, and those are the things that we're held to uh, that st- held to that standard with the Department of Labor. What are some of the really neat kinds of things that have happened in this community that you would like to see more of? And I, I think, you know, off the top of my head, and I can't think of specific names of companies, but I know that there are, um, for example, companies that are brand new that that Workforce Connections funded partners have helped to build from the ground up in terms of employees. What are some of the really neat things you'd like to see happen more frequently in the community? Well, one of the things, I could think of several things, but more job opportunities. We know right now we, uh, Las Vegas area, Southern Nevada, is uh, one of the most depressed areas as it relates uh, economically and job opportunities. So, um, looking for employers that already have businesses in place, but this uh, will bring a new product in that will allow um, job seekers to uh, get those jobs and also that will enhance their skills. We have a lot of people with great skills that have been displaced in the job market. And to look at placing those individuals in those jobs that will actually grow the business and create future opportunities for other job seekers. That's the thing that we're looking at. The healthcare industry, for one, we know there's a shortage of nurses, not just in this area, but across the country. And we have a very um, innovative project that's going on. Um, One of the staff has recently been chaired uh, 
uh, made chair of the Nurses Association here. So we're going to be a part of that development and growth, not only here in this area, but throughout the state. So that'll give us an opportunity to look at future growth and the future needs. So looking at those industries that will not only create existing opportunities, but also prepare pathways for more innovation and create um more opportunities for more job seekers. I'd love to talk just a little bit about the fact that the services that you provide can be so beneficial to a business owner. I might be a business owner out there listening and think, okay, we've got a one-shot employment opportunity. I'm going to call and say, we need three people who fit this description. Can you screen them and get them ready for us? But Actually, Workforce Connections can save a company money while really acting as the human resources arm of that organization. Can you tell people a little bit about what the opportunities are there? Well, all of the funded partners uh, serve the community. So they they uh, have individuals who come to them and say, look, I need to have my resume updated. It hasn't been updated for a long time. Or I have a job that um, my, my boss is getting a new software system that I don't know about. And if I don't learn it, uh, you know, I could lose my job. He could hire people who do know it. And for the employer, it, same thing. Let's say you're, you're going to um, electronic medical records and your staff has no training or no knowledge about those kinds of systems, we can uh, help uh, provide uh, customized training opportunities where we can help pay for the training for either individuals or for a group of employees so that they can keep their jobs. So there's, I mean, I could just go on and on about the different opportunities that, that, that these funds provide to the employers and the job seekers. And I actually remember having a conversation with someone in the organization about the fact that if you have a pre-established set of guidelines that you want for filling a certain type of position for your organization, then Workforce Connections partners can actually be on the lookout for those individuals and, and have sort of an, uh, an available pool of people that they can pull from should the need arise for you to to put people into those positions it, exactly and one of the it, among the state's mission is they want businesses to consider us first those of us receiving um, that funding is that when they have a business need look at how we could help parlay some of that cost in the recruitment and outreach because more often than not we may have uh, people that we're serving through our business partners that have the skills that they're uh, looking for for their businesses. And and this could be a great service also for that company that really wants to hire people but may not be able to afford at this point the sophisticated HR resources staff, the human resources managers. Yeah, we, we have a great success story, Juana, that um, I, I probably won't name the names of, but there was a, a renewable uh green renewable furniture company that came to town that was a manufacturing company that had uh, that had expanded to Nevada and had contracts with some of the larger properties to create and build these uh, this furniture <clears throat> and you know it's we, we don't have a lot of manufacturing here in Nevada um, as much as we'd like as as much as we'd hope to see in the future but uh, because of that, they needed uh, an entire workforce that needed to be trained in an entirely new um, n- new industry. So we worked with one of our funded partners. Uh, they they collab- collaborated together. We were able to do on-the-job training for the, the employees, which 
created a 50% wage subsidy for the, the employer, and he was able to bring on his whole workforce, and they're thriving to this day here in, in Nevada. I believe it was the result was about 250 jobs at the end. So, Excellent. And, and so you need providers, though, because Workforce Connections doesn't go out and do that work alone. You have the funded partners. If I am a business owner or a nonprofit out there, um, a professional who can, can offer services, what is it that I need to know to be able to do business with you? I'm, I'm not sure the question you're asking. I, I, th- I think that what Juan is asking is Sylvia's leading to the, the event that we're doing um, on the 29th. There uh, you go. We, we, <laughs> we recognize that this is... Backwards way of getting Yeah. There. We recognize that this is a very uh, complicated, a little bit of a convoluted process to get these funds. You, we just can't hand them out. Um, they, you have to go through this RFP, this Request for Proposal process. It's a procurement process that's competitive. So what we do is we, put, we release the RFP and we, we ask for um, folks to respond to it with proposals. So w- what we started realizing is there's not a lot of education in this area, in this community, about what a, what a proposal would look like, what a strong proposal is, what makes a, a fairly weak proposal, you know, why, why we would look at you twice if you had certain contents, what you need to be thinking about when you're in that proposal process, um, why maybe this money isn't right for your organization. Um, not all money is good money, as we say sometimes, too. Sometimes it's not a great fit, but could create a, an opportunity to partner with someone who is an organization who is uh, ready and prepared to, to submit a strong proposal to, to partner with whatever goods and services uh, you bring to the table. So we just wanted to create an educational opportunity for community members to come and try to get these funds for them. I, I would like to get into that just a little bit deeper. You made a really, really good point. Often people will take a look at that first RFP, which can be many, many pages long with many, many requirements and many, many things that you need to consider to to present a strong case to become uh, a funded partner. And someone who could provide a great deal of service there and serve their own organizations at the same time might take a look at it, decide it's just way too much or they're way underqualified and not even try. So if you're, but you're, if you've got a small piece of the of the work that you can do and you do very very well, there may be larger organizations who don't quite have the strength that you have. And so, if what's your suggestion to that small business owner or that small nonprofit that would really really like to participate but just can't handle the whole project alone? I would say show up for mm-hmm. the scheduled. Uh, RFP 101 session that we have coming up on the 29th of this month. RFP meaning request for proposal. And you're exactly right. Heather hit on it. Sometimes we have uh, the perfect partner out there, but because when they submit a proposal, they are unable to communicate or create the image for the evaluator to see that they have the perfect product. This particular session or workshop that we have coming up will help them do that. It's going to be dissected into parts, address the specific parts of a proposal, what the purpose is, um, help them to identify the statement of need so that when they're preparing the proposal, they'll be able to communicate very well um, with some of this information or a lot better than what they've done. They'll get information that will help them to uh, 
revealed to us what their product is so that could be seriously considered among the evaluators. And actually, it can be invaluable to be able to express your ideas or your capabilities during a session like that, because someone might be able to spark an idea that you may not have had as as a potential provider. And and that has happened to to me in the past looking at um, several proposals. I've looked at I said, wow, look at the expansion or the opportunity. And so you do want that partner to come because they can actually initiate or prompt some innovation that will um, generate positive competition or look at how to align itself with your business so that it can expand it. Uh, with with RFPs, with other agencies, I've been in attendance at pre-bid conferences where people actually go in having no idea who they might, might partner with or what they might be, be doing uh, to, to land business. And they walk away with a list of potential partners that strengthen their position. Is that something you and you anticipate might happen in one of these 101 sessions? Definitely uh, the intent, absolutely. And also, is there going through, hopefully those that have done it and have not been successful with their um, proposals, they'll be able to uh, identify their weaknesses and gain information so that they become stronger in it. And also, those that have um, submitted proposals that they thought were very good will help them to see Um, the importance of aligning their business or aligning what they communicate to make sure the alignment is there and it's clear for those that are evaluating it. Now, this is coming up again on the 29th. What are the details that Um, we need uh, to have? um, The the 29th is going to be an all-day event. Um, We have um, someone that will be providing training that has... uh, tons of information that has worked with programs definitely that are all aligned with what we do across the board. And uh, it would talk about the statement of qualifications, um, the procurement process, which is a huge word for us in our business that is governed not only by what we do, but it's regulatory of how we have to do it. Um, looking at the response to the um, to the RFP process itself, and it'll get into some of the details of each. I would imagine in a day long, people will walk away with way more information than they could get if they were out there trying to handle this all alone in in isolation. I would suggest they get plenty of rest the night before, eat breakfast, and prepare to stay, and just learn a lot. Um, The intent definitely, like I said, is to create... um, an environment for them to learn information, to ask questions where at the time of the proposal, you already want to have those questions answered for you. And and Heather, why did Workforce Connections determine that it's important to do this workshop at this point in time? You know, I'm I'm going to be really candid with you, Juana. We uh, we put out a request for proposal last year. We uh, focused on sector initiatives, and we asked some folks, both in state and out of state, both sector um, subject matter experts and WIA subject matter experts, to sit on an independent. Um, evaluation team and some of the feedback that we got from the evaluation team was that I get the sense that a lot of folks don't quite understand what this process is all about based on the proposals that we got. Um, we've got some longtime uh, funded partners that you know that know exactly what we're looking for but individuals who are just sort of coming into our world don't 
understand how to write a good, strong proposal. And they might have some great things to offer, but if you can't put it, but it's a competitive process. So if they can't put it in a format um, that is uh, that complements what they have to offer, then th- they run the risk of not being a successful bidder. So it was because of that feedback from our from our evaluation team that came from um, a couple different places uh, around the state of Nevada, within the state of Nevada, we realized that we really need to educate our community if we want to open this opportunity up to as many organizations as possible to get the best product, to get the best um, and return on our investment of these dollars. We, we need to educate the folks that are going to be utilizing them. So really, it seems that that would just be in the best interest of our community at large, ju- just as all of the research and projections for Nevada have shown that the strength of the community, the business community in particular, will be in uh, diversification. It seems that a diversity of providers, old and new, would also be the best thing uh, in the the best interest of of Southern Nevada. Um, What do you look for in in a service provider? What kind of... um, what, what do you look for in terms of their being a compatible organization to work with you? I can start with that and maybe Sylvia can add. Sylvia's worked with uh, youth and adult programming in the past, and <clears throat> so she can, I'm sure, shed some light on that. I think we look for organizations who are willing to um, and who are flexible and have the capacity to follow the multiple myriad rules and regulations that are involved with this funding. It's just uh, incredible. Um, We do extensive training with anyone who gets these funds. And so, uh, you know, that that's something we look for someone who's if they're not if they don't walk in the door ready to do it, they are certainly flexible and able to, you know, hire the staff to to watch over things fiscally and all of those things. That's probably the most important thing. Excellent. And one more time, Sylvia, if you could give us all of the details and so people can make sure that they show up on the 29th. First of all, is there a cost for this? There is no cost to the attendee. Excellent. It's on February 29th. It's going to be at the Texas station. Um, We're looking at um, currently we have a slot availability of 125, but because the response, we're trying to grow it. But right now it's 125. So anyone out there listening, make sure that they um, contact our office so that they can get in on it. Is there a number to call or the website or? Well, the website I don't have um, right away, but let me they can always call our office at um, 702 area code. 638-8750. And, okay. go ahead. And, and, and the other thing is the three main areas that we're going to be talking about is statement of qualifications, procurement process, responding to the RFP, February 29th at the Texas station. Excellent. And we are going to also encourage you to go visit nvworkforceconnections.org, nvworkforceconnections.org. I believe if you connect on the events and meetings page or the RFP page, you may be able to find the information you need there. You've been listening to Workforce Connection Strictly Business. We are wishing you the very best of a holiday Monday. See you next week. In the interest of community service, Power 88 presents live talk shows to inform, enlighten, and to stimulate thought and dialogue. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of KCEP or the EOB. 
Feel free to mail any comments to KCEP at 330 West Washington, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89106, or fax us at 647-0803. Thank you for listening to KCEP-FM Power 88. Four decades. Four decades of hits. Tell me something good. It's like candy. I like the way you work, kids. No diggity. Don't want to be a player Four decades. And we're still breaking the hits. Popping out the hits. We are Power 88. Your soul school station.